With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. W-J-B-R Internet Radio For the inquisitive mind And the sophisticated ear Hey everybody, I want to welcome you to this special edition of in the basement with Javon. This is not brunch in the basement. This is not Sunday evening shout. But this, I'm in the basement, and um, I welcome you in here, down here with me. Um, the reason I decided to do a special show this evening is because of the horrific events that took place in Orlando, Florida. Um, I'm telling you, the mass murder of 49 people, it's just horrendous, just horrendous. And um, these sort of things, um, when they occur, I want to do more. I want to do something about it. You know, I want to do something to make a difference. And it's hard. It's hard to know what little old me can do. You know, what what can I do? And most times things seem so so big in the scheme of things that I I don't think that there's much that I can do at all. Sometimes I'm I'm left feeling powerless when there's these you know, these social ills, these atrocities, these these things that happen in the world that I feel they shouldn't happen when people are hurt for no reason or the reasons just don't make sense. Um, Somebody feels like they're justified in taking a life or lives. And usually it has a lot less to do with what they say and, and, you know, like, I, I just think that there's there's always more to a story than is revealed to us. Now, if if you're my friend on Facebook, you might have seen that I have invited a few special friends to join me tonight. Um, people who whose voices are powerful in the LGBT community, especially the LGBT community of color. But not just the LGBT community. These are all people who are influential, who are a part of 
And, you know, we can't be put in any box. Um, you know, Therese likes to, you know, when we talk, it's more than one community that we each belong to. Like, for instance, although I'm a part of the LGBT community, I'm also a part of the black community. I'm also a woman. I'm also a social worker. I'm also the CEO of a nonprofit. I'm also, you know, there, there's a lot. I'm, I'm a sister. I'm a daughter. I'm a niece. I'm a granddaughter. And um, the world, it's a big community. And and when when things strike and hit hit home, it, it's it's like okay, what can I do to change it? What can I do to help? And so this this show is is what I have. It's my little platform. It's my way to reach more people than I normally can. And um, our our special guests tonight have a reach far beyond my reach. And um, I already gave a hint by mentioning Therese. And I believe her beautiful wife, Monifa, will be joining her as well as the bishop who married them on R&B Divas, Bishop Allison Abrams, will be joining us later on in the show. And my pastor, the elder, Kevin E. Taylor, will be joining us as well. Um, Yeah. And I'm hoping, I'm really hoping, those of you who are listening are are first of all informed about what happened in Orlando and how this gunman walked into this club that apparently he had frequented on more than one occasion and with assault rifles decided to take lives. Um, I hope you all have feelings about that. And I also... Hope that you're willing to share your feelings with us tonight. Let me just remind you that the way that you can share what's on your mind, and not only, you know, not only about him per se or what happened, you can talk about the impact of this event on the LGBT community. Um, It was Latin night at the club, and there were people of all different races there. But if we want to speak about that specifically, you know, feel free to um, call in and discuss that. And um, you know, there was there were there was a, a a mother there, a mother who had gone to hang out with her son, um, and she she was a two time cancer survivor, and she was murdered while out having a good time with her son. I mean, it's just, it just blows my mind. But also there are those who are trying to politicize it. And all of a sudden, they're big proponents of the LGBT community. Um, That's outrageous. And what's even more outrageous is um, some of the commentary from some of the clergy, Christians, 
And and I am a Christian. I, I have to say I believe in Jesus Christ. But I do not believe that Jesus Christ in any kind of way um, would think that it's okay to celebrate these murders. Um, it, it's, it's just crazy. And so with that, the way to call in is you dial 347-996-5394. That's 347-996-5394. Press 1 if you'd like to say hello. I'm going to do what I do well, which is spin a song or two as we wait the arrival of our first guest who should be calling in within the next 10 minutes. So a couple of songs actually have been on my mind since, since the murders and um, the massacre. And one is Marvin Gaye, what's going on? And the funny thing is that most of the music that's been going on in my mind or playing throughout my mind ever since, you know, this tragedy are songs from the 70s. Like, things just, as much as they change, they stay the same. And the question remains, what's going on? Brother, brother, there's far too many of you dying. You know we've got to find a way to bring some loving here today. Father, father, we don't need to escalate. See, war is not the for only love can conquer hate. You know we've got to find a way to bring some love and here today. Pick it light and pick it fast. Don't punish me with brutality. 
yeah, that's uh, Kelly Price, Faith Evans, and Jessica Reedy, Trouble World. So um, you're listening, by the way, to WJBR Internet Radio. This is a special edition of In the Basement with Javon, and we're going to talk Pulse, we're going to talk LGBTQ community, and we're going to talk the black community. We're going to talk about how people are politicizing the the recent massacre. We're going to talk about we're going to talk about how the churches, the messages that that are coming from the churches. We're going to talk about how we feel as individuals basically about what's going on. And I have to tell y'all, you know, since the very day that I met our first guest, um you know how they say real recognizes real? Well, I must be real because <laughs> I recognize that this sister was, you know, real people, if you know what I mean, from day one. Um, I, You know, there's just so much that, that I could say about Therese. <laughs> so much I could say. So, and, and all of it, all of it good. Not one negative thing could I ever say about this sister here. So, Therese, yes, most of us know that she is married to one of the hottest R&B divas to have hit the stage, right? Monifa. She's, she's married to Monifa. We know that. But did you also know that she's an artist in her own right, that she's an actress? Um. She is an activist. She fights for the rights of the LGBT community for kids. I mean, for she's she's done community work around HIV, helping people get housing, just all kinds of things. You know, Therese is just on point all the way and all the time. And she's also a CFO of the Emancipation Foundation. And um, I thank her for that, and I thank her for being a friend, and I thank her for every yes. Not only the yeses that she gives to me, but that she gives to the world. And I see her even when she's she doesn't know she's being seen, you know, and she's just good people. And with that, I'd like to welcome to the show, Therese. Thank you. Thank you. You, you. you know, you know, you know how we do, Therese, and, and you know, you it, it's truth. It's all truth. You know, yeah. people might think, you know, people think that when there's a celebrity around, you know, we butter them up or everybody's like, ooh, 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 and I'm just not one of those people <laughs> that ooh, 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 because somebody's a celebrity. Um, or because somebody has celebrity, that doesn't really do it for me. It's what they do with their celebrity that does it for me. And well, you have been maximizing, homie, maximize. Oh wow! Well, I'm I'm what you call well what they call it's like a running joke the reluctant celebrity, um, only <laughs> because you know I just I just feel like whatever I am blessed to do in this very very short lifetime that we have, um, it's really about making a difference in your community and making a difference in families. 
And, you know, just giving back what others gave you, just continue to pay it forward. I'm, I'm standing on a lot of shoulders myself and, you know, um, just want to be able to have them look down, you know, and I say down, you know, figuratively, but look down and say, hey, we did a good job or, hey, we poured in, you know, and I just want to be able to say I did the same, you know, and leave a footprint. That's all. It's real, real simple, you know. I hear you. So, you know, let, let's just get right to it. Let's, let's, let's get right to it, man. When you first heard about Orlando Pulse, what was your first thought? Well, at first I was, I was devastated. Um, I literally, my mouth hung open um, for a few reasons. One, I wanted to believe it wasn't true because I got it like maybe about 3 o'clock in the morning I was coming home. And immediately I thought of this brother and sister that we met there because we were there less than six months ago performing. Um, was. And um, they were really, really gracious and really kind. And the environment was very, very loving. And, you know, we just had a great time there. And they showed us a great time while we were there, you know, just consummate professionals. So to hear that this senseless act that I'm still having my having difficulty wrapping my brain around, I'm just I'm just so devastated by it. Um, was was painful. Still is. It just feels like you lost a piece of yourself, and you did. You know, anytime someone can go in and kill a bunch of people senselessly anywhere, um, it should be outrage. And then on so many levels, it just doesn't make sense. It won't make sense because it's not supposed to. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, I I know that uh, you and your wife have, um, you you talked about knowing people there, but you've been there. You've been to that club. Yes. And, And you know promoters that were there? Yes. Have you, have you had, are they okay? Um, we reached out to the promoter and to one of his assistants, and they were both fine, but okay is physically okay, I'm sure, right. mentally and spiritually. You know, this is some trauma that you have to get help with, and I can't say that they are okay. In fact, I don't think that they are. I don't expect them to be. Um, you know, he's been throwing this successful event down there for a long time, and you know, part of the community. And as a representative of the community in Orlando, he was the consummate spokesperson, and he treated us very well. And you could just feel the atmosphere when you went in. Like, I couldn't imagine anybody thinking that they wanted to do something hostile because something hostile occurred in this environment. And it just wasn't that. So um, in some of the stories that I heard about, you know, how – how it went down and from some of the people that were inside, which is, you know, just really brought me to tears. I did reach out to them and they did respond, but, you know, I just, the words are not enough. You know, you just don't have the words. And for the families that are missing loved ones and had loved ones injured and loved ones that didn't make it out, you know, um, we send our deepest condolences and prayers and continue to do whatever we can on this end to support. And you, you, you know, you said the word, you know, trauma. 
trauma. Um, trauma, people don't really realize, you know, physically surviving, even those who were not physically hurt, and like you said, they're not okay. You know, if they're not physically injured and they survive that, being a survivor of something like that is traumatic. And, you know, like you said, it's hard. Right. It's very hard. It's, and I'm, I'm wondering if, if the social work community or the the clergy community, you know, the religious are are people reaching out. Um, the only the only real help that I've seen, at least on through social media anyway, is JetBlue flying the families out, which I thought that was fantastic. Shout out to JetBlue. I mean, that was a tremendous corporate step up, in my opinion. In fact, I posted and helped circulate that after I called to find out was it actually going down, you know, because, you know, you never know what's flying through the Internet these days. But I did confirm it myself, um, and, you know, they weren't making it a whole lot of red tape. So, you know, you can easily get down there and, you know, get back and, you know, handle your affairs with something like that. I mean, I, call, I liken this to a massacre because that's what it was. I mean, Absolutely. there has to be people that, in corporations that recognize that and step up to to assist. Sure. You know, I I just I I just hats off to to Jet Jet Blue. Um, that that was just amazing, you know, and it, it makes you well. It made me wonder myself, you know, like what can I do, you know, right. um, and even if just starting a conversation, if that's the, the the first step that I can take um, right. to aid with the healing, you know, and I'm hoping that, you know, because there, there are a lot of people listening in, I'm hoping that people feel like they can chime in and talk about how they're feeling. Matter of fact, the number to call in, or if you're, if you're already on the line, all you have to do is press one and we'll take your call. But um, the number to call in, if you're listening through the internet, Three four seven nine nine six five three nine four. Three four seven nine nine six five three nine four. And you know, I think about when hanging out at, at clubs, right? Especially LGBT clubs. I never really saw much drama. Like it it wasn't often that a fight or especially like gunfire. Maybe it's because of the era that I was hanging out, because I don't do much hanging out now, but I just, I just always felt safe in the club. Do you think it's an anomaly that that there was violence? Like, does it take away a sense of of safety? Well, you know, um, for this situation, you know, there are a lot of stories coming out, and you know. I, I particular, and I'll just keep it on me, I have to be very careful about what I read in terms of, uh, you know, this person's involvement as they dig into who this person was that found it necessary to go in and slaughter people in the name of whatever he was doing. Um, I don't know what that was about for him. I don't want to speculate. I know that sometimes the press can sensationalize things. And, you know, we just have to be really careful with the climate in this country. Um, but be that as it may, he did walk into an LGBT club, um, clear, 
in his intention and for whatever reason he was doing it, you know, committed this heinous act. So I can't say that I've ever experienced any violence in any LGBT club, um, no. Um, but I do know this, that any time that I, I go into a venue, I, I really do like to know where the exits are, particularly um, uh, producing shows or being a part of anything. I want to know, you know, where the exits are. Generally, that's my, like, general understanding of, of venues. I just want to, that's part of the thing I have to know. Where, where, how do you get out? What's the capacity of the club? These are things that, you know, you think about when you're, you're in the business per se, you know, or you're connected to someone who's in the business that, you know, moves in, in such a way that has to be in the public forum. And I think that anybody should. Um, and it's just about today. I don't think anybody can escape being hypervigilant wherever they go. It's um, an interesting climate, particularly if people can single you out for anything or having uh, made a declarative position in life that may not be favorable for people in general. I'll say that, you know, um, kind of sort of speaking your mind does make you at risk for, could make you at risk for being targeted. So you just have to be aware um, where you're going and who you're talking to and, you know, and pray that you stay covered and just, you know, be responsible for your actions and your movements when you're out there in the street, you know. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. You know, I mean, hmm, you you do have to always be on um, on point and on guard. And as as a New Yorker, you know, I, I guess I feel like that's my second nature to always be sus- not suspicious or maybe suspicious. I don't know. But I'm always looking as well. But I, I just, you know, there's something about that that just seems just not right. I mean, the whole thing is just not right. There's right. no there's no right place for something like that to happen. I'm not trying to say that. Um, it's, it's just mind-boggling to me the, the more I think about it, you know. And um, maybe to help us get some clarity... We will bring on an author who's also a minister, a pastor, and a bishop, motivational speaker. Yes. And um, the lady who was there, who helped you join hands for holy matrimony till death do you part. (laughs) There's more than this. She helped make, she make, helped make that go down. <laughs> yeah, she helped you get it all. Yes. I, I would say twisted, but there's a negative connotation to that, but entwined, you know, all, you know, for life, you know, like forever and ever. Amen. Um, so Fine, the bishop, Allison Abrams. Welcome to the Good evening, Javon. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Good evening, Therese. Hello, hello. How are you? Uh, I think I'm kind of in the same place everybody else is in. <laughs> but besides that, all is well. Well, thank you so much for joining us. I, I really, really appreciate this at such short notice, you know. Um, as a woman of faith, what did what was your first feeling or, or thought, and with your connection to the LGBT community. I mean, 
There's also the human community. It's just so much. It's just so much. <laughs> but but what were your thoughts? Right. Well, let me say um, I was kind of on the tail end of getting the information because while Therese was, I think I heard her say she was coming home at that time, I was already uh, asleep at that time. And then on Sunday mornings, I usually am not watching television or on social media because I am reviewing my message for Sunday and getting ready for church. So I think um, I saw something come across the Internet as I was in the car. And um, then when I got to church, everybody was telling me, Bishop, did you hear about what happened? And so I wasn't processing it initially because I'm at church. I got to lead the worship. And then I think halfway through the worship, my wife was telling me, you know what happened in the club in Orlando? And so I'm now starting to process. I, I was kind of like, I know this is not what people are saying. And so I was, uh, I think, a little in shock initially, especially since I have a member of my church that's from Orlando that had been in that club numerous times and has friends that still go to the club. And so she was totally devastated. So um, I think when I got out, out of church, I went to the big Capital Pride event here, and that was where I kind of came down out of church mode and started to process it. And I was very, uh, needless to say, very disturbed. But even later, I became very upset because of the attack on the LGBT community. And as one who shepherds mostly LGBT people, I was very hurt. So that was my initial experience with hearing the news and then coming down out of church mode to kind of process it. I, w- I was, needless to say, very upset. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think I I think I experienced a little bit of shock initially. Like right. that kind of shock where you don't believe it, you just kind exactly. of don't believe it. And then as as the pictures start pouring in and the, the right. video, and you realize it really happened, you know, it it, it hurts hurts because right. you know it's 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 um I don't know. You know, I'm I'm not one to talk about sin, but I think that taking another life is probably the worst thing that you could ever do. And to do it on this scale and for yeah. whatever reason is just no reason, you know? No one has but, a but right. Let me say this. Let me add this, Javon. I, I just really feel a lie has caused people to lose their lives here. Because we know that, you know, this lie has been promoted for ages, that homosexuality is a sin, when in actuality it is not. And so we have something uh, that's destroying people's lives, whether it be through terrorism or whether it be through people taking their own lives. This This lie has destroyed people, and it's destroying our country. It's destroying our world. And we have Christians that are still promoting this hate. This hate rhetoric, I mean, it, it really sickens me every day to read the, the things that people are posting, to see what the things are saying, and to see a video where somebody would even say, who's a minister in the pulpit, that this is God's doing. This is in no way God's doing. Wow. No. That's. Wow. That, that, wow. That's terrible. Yeah. That's terrible. 
And then, you know, and, and that's, that's without lack of responsibility to the people that participate in your, your houses of worship. When you make that kind of statement and, and, and foster and reiterate the, the hate and the hypocrisy, you become responsible for the yeah. people that then leave your congregation. You become responsible for some of that. And, and this is like, this is one of the reasons why a lot of LGBT people do not feel safe in churches, you know, and, right. and, despite, and despite our huge contribution to a lot of churches, we are in your yes. choir, we are in your ministry, we are in your usher boards, we are we're all over the church, you know, um, and in some cases, and I, and I say this in total separation from any belief that my, my wife may have, we are there and not recognized, and it's kind of, it's kind of disheartening to think that, you know, you can have the one-on-ones with your pastor, but then generally you are not recognized within your church, your own church, you know. Yeah. And it's, it's, and it's heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking. And, in some and cases, it is. You beg for acceptance. Like begging for acceptance from a place that does not accept you, you know, based on whatever doctrine that existed that has been interpreted over the years uh, against, you know, in, in, in this, this, this pseudo sense of judgment that man has adopted because of it. There's no man that can judge. However, right. this, has been, this has been the platform for it. Right, and, and it's unfortunate, Therese, Javon, that um, the church encourages people to lie about their sexuality. And so today we have so many people who are uh, willing to do that, like you said, in order to be a part of the church. The church promotes people suppressing their authenticity. And so now that's why you had people in the pulse who their families did not know they were same gender loving because probably they were a religious family and that person was not comfortable disclosing who they really were to their own family members. I mean, wow. we, we got we to stop this today. You know, we, we're actually encouraging people, the church, the leadership, those who are leading people um, that are not in affirming houses, they're encouraging people to deny who God created them to be. And, and so, you know, it's unfortunate because we ought to be able to be ourselves. We ought to be able to express ourselves wherever. We shouldn't have to only be, um, you know, going to the club to express ourselves. To me, that's the downside. That's the only place people could go to be themselves in the club. That right. says a lot about society. That says a lot about the church. It says a lot about families today. That's right. the only place people can go, young people can go to be themselves. Wow. Yeah, it's it's a horrible thing. But, you know, I I, I feel like the more things change, the more they stay the same. Because now we have marriage equality. Now we have right. everybody flying flags, rainbow flags. But the <laughs> truth of the matter is that people are still, like you said, Bishop, I'm sorry, I'm going to call you pastor. Um, people, people are still being oppressed in this way and forced to suppress their feelings. And I mean, like Therese said earlier, we don't really know this this man's um, story, his real true story, his inner story, because right. his wife probably didn't know all of the truth of him 
I don't believe his father knew all of the truth of who he was, and we will never know. But if it is true that in some kind of way this had anything to do with a suppression of his own sexuality, whether it be an anger that he's unable to express it feel freely or self-hatred or whatever, or even, you know, whatever, even if it is that, you know, I think that by, by remaining silent and allowing things to go the way they've gone, we, we kind of add to it. We, you know, silence, breathe, right. this kind of thing, when you see it and you don't say it, or being in church, supporting churches that don't support us, because a lot of people sit silent in these churches, and the pastor damns them to hell. And they sit there and take that. And then what do you right. do with yourself when you walk out? What do you do with that? Well, a couple <laughs> of things you said. I, I want to jump in, Therese. Um, One is you talked about the laws changing. Now, what I've observed is uh, the laws may change, but oftentimes hearts do not. And so just because we have marriage equality here in the country does not mean that black folks, I'm going to talk about black folks and people of color uh, who are so religious because these are very religious groups, these two groups of people. Um, (laughs) Oftentimes their uh, hearts do not follow the law. And so just because we have marriage equality in the country, you see so many preachers who stand up and say, well, you know, our church, we don't subscribe to that. We don't believe that. And they're still teaching that pouring hatred into their membership. They're uh, getting their members to deny their own family members, their own sons and daughters and grandsons and granddaughters. You know, they're still preaching that um, doctrinal era and, you know, that rhetoric that is dividing families on today. The one place that's supposed to be a place of love, the one place that's supposed to bring people together is the very place that's preaching division and discrimination and hatred. It it, it amazes me. And so I'm glad that God delivered me from those places and those, those uh, spaces and places, but the shooter. Now, let me, let me say this about him. And then I know I got to give this, give the floor over to Therese, but the shooter I would say no, no, if he's you... listening, <laughs> okay, if he's listening to that, um, um, to the, the groups that he was listening to, um, I would say if they're saying homosexuality is not of God and these are not human people, these are not real people that, you know, these are not humans or whatever the rhetoric is that they promote, um, you know, that's kind of like the black church telling you, you got to pray this demon out. You know, if you get it out, we got to get it out some kind of way. So this may have been his only way to get it out was to go and, you know, deal with the people who got that same spirit. And then, you know, um, unfortunately, his spirit had to be taken out as well. So uh, that's that's just what I'm thinking about what you were saying before. Hmm. Yes. Yes, and, so, and Bishop, you stay right there. You just, you just... <laughs> You are so necessary in this conversation. You know, I, I struggle even um, with all that I know. I struggle with um, being angry and being sad, you know, and with all the therapy that, I, that I've uh, and counseling that I've had and, and given, you know, the human side of me is very, very upset, and I have to find a place for that, particularly dealing with younger people 
in my walk um, because a lot of them just were confused and very broken and, and disheartened, disheartened and didn't want to participate in any more pride events. As you know, June is right. be two months, and um, mm-hmm. they're concerned about large spaces. And this kind of trauma really, really does um, get us to understand how we are all connected. And and just to say something else, too, you know, because, you know, I, I, I don't want people to get this twisted. Anybody listening today, I don't want people to get this twisted. Yes, I'm an LGBT activist. I am a human rights activist, period. So with that being said, I believe black lives matter. I believe gay lives matter. I believe just women in particular, we matter. So when yes. I'm yes. standing in, in, in the gap for causes, it's, I don't single them out. You know, I happen to represent, I embody quite a few different disenfranchised populations. You know, I'm an American and African-American female that just happens mm-hmm. to be same gender loving. So that's a few things combined into one. So what what really um, kind of keeps me sad in the space is that people that are normally vocal about things um, for, let's say, black lives or other campaigns have been kind of quiet. You're absolutely right. Issue. And, you know, and I've even watched, you know, I hate to say that I've watched my own um, timelines and, and, you know, people that I normally speak to behind things in general but when it comes to LGBT issues, people cannot, I mean, their bias shows, you know, but not so yes. much by what they do, by what they don't do. Don't you know, do. and just, yep. and just, and, and I, like I said to some guy on the, 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 in my walk the other day, I was like, you know, take it off LGBT for a second and just look at the fact that 50 human beings were killed in a club senselessly. Does that not stir your spirit any kind of way? And, you know, he hesitated, and there was some, some you know, stuttering, and he says, well, well, yeah. I said, well, then why couldn't you just get to that? These are other human beings. Forget who they choose to love. Forget how they, how they, how they represent. You know, these were lives lost senselessly, you know, and have compassion for that at minimal, you know. But I, but then I'm, then I look around, and I see, and I, and I don't hear the vocal voices, which makes me a bit concerned. And the pastors that I have heard speak out about it here, and I'll just keep it on New York, the ones that I have heard. I'm not saying everyone, so I don't want to get any call, phone calls or inboxes behind <laughs> anybody in churches saying that, oh, my pastor did this, that's wonderful. You know, keep, keep the spirit in your church alive and make sure when they're mentioning it, they mention, you know, how we have to caress and comfort LGBT families and people in your congregations. Until your pastor is affirming that, then you still have some work to do, you know. You still have some work to do. And, you know, I just don't think it's enough being done right now to, you know, we can rally and, and, and walk, but there has, to, there has to be significant changes, particularly in the gun laws as well, you know, in this country. That's a whole nother yes. thing. Go ahead, Bishop. Okay, I, I wanted to... Uh, to go back to something Therese said, because I think it's very important. Um, I did have members of my church whose family members called them, asked them not to come to church on Sunday because of what was going on in the news, and some of them stayed at home. Some of them did not go to the private event on Sunday. Um, and so people were very afraid, and people have been saying, Bishop, you know, I think you should go out there and do this. But let me say, God has not given us a spirit of fear but one of power, love, and a sound mind. And so if we stay at home, we allow hate to win. If we don't go out to different events, to different places, for us, 
we allow hate and terrorism to win. And so we have to find a way to, yes, um, encourage ourselves and encourage one another, but still go out and say, I'm not going to be defeated. And we have to go out together. Now, I'm not saying don't use wisdom because we are our brothers and sisters keepers. And so now if you got a sister girl who go on to something and you don't have a partner or a spouse, then you need to get with your sister girl and y'all go together, go in a group and just use wisdom. But I would encourage everybody not to stay home and not to allow hatred to prevail because that's what the world would want to see. And then that man who was a shooter would have been successful. And so we cannot allow that to happen on today. And we must still go out because pride is for us. Pride is what uh, what has been put together for us to show that we have overcome some things and to say that we have been an outcast people, but we are a proud people. We are a people who are a loving people. And so we cannot stay at home because this is for us. And so, you know, yes, the city needs to be responsible for heightening the police protection, get the um, the state troopers out there, all of that. But, you know, let us not stay at home because of something like this. We know large crowds, yes, are uh, a little bit harder to control. But believe me, the city and the states and the counties are working together to make sure there's enough police out there for everybody. Absolutely. Yeah. Now, Javon, could yeah. I say one more thing? You can say um, as many things. <laughs> hey, say it. Yes. All right. Um, with the churches, Therese, you, you talked about the churches. Um, I, I just want to say it. I'm going to put the churches on blast today. Um, you know, it's amazing how the churches are saying, because I've been shocked to hear some of them say, oh, we're praying for Orlando. We're praying for Orlando. Okay, so that seems like a little catchphrase that everybody wants to seem to put out to, to make it seem as if they're in uh, some type of uh, godly mode, okay? But I, I don't believe that the churches are really praying for the people that were in the nightclub in Orlando, okay? So let me make the distinction there. I believe that that's just something to make it seem like they're, they're a part of what's going on here in the country and you know, their church is on the forefront or whatever. But I have not heard them say, we know that there was an LGBT club where the people lost their lives and there are people in the hospital in critical condition and there were survivors. Most of them don't even say the LGBT part. They just say Orlando. And so now if we're going to pray for them, pray, let's, let's be real in our prayer, Okay. And I don't believe that a lot of those churches that are saying they're praying for Orlando are necessarily believing that those LGBT spirits, Therese, were right there. Those LGBT spirits are going to heaven, nor do they believe that the survivors who are still here uh, should be in the church or should be in the relationships that they're in. So now if we're going to be the church, let's be the church, okay? But let's not be phony and, and be the church. Because I believe that a lot of people are confused because if their church, they, they so desperately want their church to be affirming, they're saying, my church is praying for Orlando. No, your church really ain't. But, you know, you so desperately want to believe that your church is. That's why you're excited to hear them just use the catchphrase. And, you know, black people will pick up on the catchphrase and use it till we can't be used no more. And so that's what a lot of these churches are doing. And so I just want to remind people that if your church, like the real said, is not an affirming place and they will not affirm you, 
when they say they're praying for Orlando, they're more than likely not in agreement with the people who were there in the club that night who were same gender loving that were there in Orlando and lost their lives. And so we have to be looking at what is not being said oftentimes versus what is being said. Right. I just have to ask you a question, Bishop. I have to ask this question. I, this thing all is always on my mind. And Therese will tell you, I'm a little quirky, a little strange, a little goofy. But okay, isn't it a little hypocritical to have, like, bus rides to seafood places and then <laughs> they they want to talk about Leviticus and stuff? I mean, like... <laughs> Churches are very good, especially once again. I can only talk about African American community because I'm an African American pastor and, and bishop. Um, churches are very good at selective uh, scriptures that they choose to uh, dwell on. And so, yes, you're absolutely correct because Leviticus text um, that is often used um, is in the same Bible or cha- book that does talk about the. Um, what the shrimp and the the lobster and and all those types of things and so it is in the same book but you know if that's not something that's going to benefit somebody to make a big deal about that they're not going to do that and so um that's not separating anybody and you know the pork i know people still are doing them um you know barbecues in the churches and all of that Uh you know if we're gonna if we're gonna be real and tell the truth let's tell the truth and shame the devil about everything and so um it's unfortunate, but this, I think, has been an issue culturally that has helped to divide the African-American community. And as long as those who are promoting this can keep the African-American community divided and we not stand together, then they can keep us, you know, down. And if we were to ever really come together as a, as a people, uh, we would be able to do some great things. But there are always just one or two, uh, you know, things in our community that divide us. And they have used that uh, gay and lesbian um, and transgender, um, I don't want to call it an issue because it's not an issue, but topic to divide us for many years. I mean, eons. And in actuality, so many people who are, and I have to go here, so many people who are promoting that it is wrong are doing it themselves. I mean, if we could be a fly on the wall, if we could be behind some closed doors, we would be able to shame some folks on Sunday morning because it's unfortunate. You know, they do this because this is what they have been taught to do or this is what they're said to do. But how much better we would be if people could just be liberated and be free to walk in their authenticity. I mean, how much better we would be. Amen. Amen. Go right there. And, and. You know, talking about, speaking of walking in their authenticity, certain words I have to pronounce the whole thing else, I just say it all wrong. Um, There's a gentleman who's going to join us right now, who happens to be my pastor, who also happens to be an author, motivational speaker, uh, show host, uh, talk show host, uh, BET producer, 
and he goes by the name of Elder Kevin E. Taylor. Hey, thank you all. Hey, hey, hey. Have you been listening, Pastor? I have been indeed. I have been. I have been. Pastor Taylor, how are you, sir? I'm well, Bishop. How are you? How are you? Praise the Lord, Elder Pastor. Praise the Lord, say the devil. Is that the rest? <laughs> That's hey. the rest. Yes, yes. How are yes. you, Pastor? I'm good. I'm good. You know, and this conversation has been so enriching for me because, you know, I have, you know, I have 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 been dealing with what to do in the space of prayed up. You know, prayed up. There's peace. There is, you know, kind of the 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 beyond understanding thing that keeps you calm, that allows you to, you know, trust God and lean not to your own understanding and stand strong. In my pissed offness, you know, and especially as Bishop was just speaking, you know, when on Sunday morning some pastors had the unmitigated audacity to stand in the pulpit and put this on God, you know, and it's like as, as if God didn't know a mother was in there with her son, you know, so, yeah. you know, because that's where she went salsa dancing, or there's another couple that a girl <laughs> took her boyfriend because it was the best place for them to salsa dance on Saturday night. Our family was in there, and to suggest mm. that God is a bad aim is really pissing me off. Mm. Like God mm. is after the gays, and he keep missing and getting a bunch of us, but a bunch. It's just, it's insanity, and you know, and one of the things, Bishop, that you said that just really continues to electrify my spirit as it relates to how we stand strong and bringing this community together. I really do believe that we, we LGBT folk, we two-spirited folk are the truth speakers in our community. Because here's the truth that I thank God for. When I look back over my life and the boldness to be authentically me, I got that from black folk. And I got that from the black church. So don't be mad at me that I stand (laughs) in my truth because you gave me thou shalt not bear false witness. You told me what it means. You told me about integrity, you told me about authority, and I'm living in it. And you're mad at my example because the pastor is creeping, trustees are yeah. stealing, and y'all hole hopping yeah. and cussing in the parking lot. Don't be mad because I'm the only authentic <laughs> one in the church. That's right. <laughs> what? Well, I love it. Well, so, Pastor, <laughs> what was, and this is something that I, I asked um, the the two ladies here, but when you first, what was your first, first feeling, thought when you heard about this, this massacre? So I uh, didn't preach this Sunday, uh, my co-pastor did, but my phone rang at 742 and I was like, well, what's going on on a Sunday? Nobody would ever call me this early. Mm-hmm. And a brother friend of mine from BET is the senior editor over at This Week uh, at ABC and he's like, I might need you to go live at 8 o'clock. And I was like, for what? You know, and he was like, oh, you haven't heard it. You know, I guess, I don't know. I, I don't know what made him think it wasn't 742 on a Sunday morning. So he right. sent me a couple of links, and I was like, wait, 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 what? You know, and I, I it was complete shock because, you know, to, to, to just think that on a Saturday night in a, you know, in, in the same town where Disney is that somebody – decided to hunt down 20 gay people, you know, because that's all I got. It's like gay club, 20, shooting, oh, what, 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 you know, and and so I was just, I was flabbergasted, and I cannot even tell you what it felt like to take that information and have that conversation, 
get dressed for church knowing I have to face that energy and to be at church preparing to march in when we realize the number has gone from 20 to 50. Mm-hmm. It's like, wait, yeah. what do you, wait, yeah. wait, wait, it, 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 it just grew by 250%. Oh my God, you know, and just, it, it, it affected the pastor's sermon, it affected the spirit in the service. It, it, it just really, we had, service was so powerful on Sunday as it relates to standing in your authority that a, uh, that a woman who, who, who I had had a conversation with struggling in her faith got up in the middle of the pastor's sermon to come to the, to the, to the pulpit to say, I, I, I just got, I got to say something. She's like, I, I would never do this. I just got to say something. And, you know, and it was one of these, the devil has had his throat on, put on my throat for this long and I'm free, you know, and it was just kind of, I got to speak up now. Wow. For 50 people that I got, I, I realized I can't be quiet anymore. And that, you know, if that is the, 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 the unshackling in all of this, you know, because these people were living in there so freely in their truth that best friends were there, sisters and siblings of folk were like, no, come where I come. Your spot ain't the yeah. spot. My spot's the spot. You know, if that's what this does to, to make politicians say, I know I voted against some things and I did some things and I said some things, but, you know, my heart has been changed. Because we have to remember President Obama's heart has changed on marriage equality in yeah. during his his term in office. So, yeah. you know, we have to allow the space of grace for evolution because that's how cha- we can't say we want change and and leave people stuck in what they at one time thought. You know, and I appreciate right. Anderson Cooper holding you know the Florida Attorney General accountable when he yeah. was like, no, 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 that's not what you said. No, 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 that's not what you've done. Right. Because it forced her to say, I know. But this has softened my heart. This has changed my heart because some, you know, if if that was if if, if that happens, then the loss of these fifty people and the and the the the, the 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 hurt, you know, that will last lifetimes for the fifty three who are recovering, then it will not have been in vain if somebody yeah. who was holding them shackled gets free too. Mm-hmm. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Um. Let, let's just talk a minute about um, have have you all seen the video of the black young lady who was shot in the leg and how yeah. she described what happened while she was in the bathroom and how he yeah. called out and asked, are there any black Americans in here? Young yeah. lady being yeah. too afraid to say anything because she's laying half under bodies shot. Yeah. Um, but but there was another man in the bathroom who said, yes, there's about six of us. And the man who did the shooting said that he he didn't have any anger or any hatred towards black Americans, that black black people have suffered enough in this country. What? Yeah, um, that's well what? and good. But when you see the 50 <laughs> photographs laid out, there are black people in there. Exactly. I mean, but what? So, uh, you know. What, I don't what, think when he was pulling the trigger that he was guiding the bullet. Exactly. Well, exactly. I, I he was loosely, exactly. Yeah. Because the other thing, it was Latin night. It was salsa right. night. Right. So, All I, I, I guess, right. I, maybe exactly. the, the therapist in me that's trying to get to what is behind all of this, Rhetoric, but not that it makes a difference because the bottom line is the end result. Right. And I don't uh, know if you, I don't know if any of us on this line right now are equipped to even comprehend such level of hatred. Thank God, you know, for that. You know, 
thank God that we can't understand some of it because if we could logically uh, process this, that would be something else to to consider in our long list of things we needed to get better with. I'm glad I can't process this because my body is like rejecting it like like an allergy. You know, um, I'm I'm overwhelmed when I think about it when I see the faces. But at the end of the day, like I won't I won't say his name purposely because I don't want him his legacy right. to live. But right. I will post the faces because I don't think that we should forget this. You know, ever. You know, if we can sort out single people that have gotten either attacked in police brutality or whatever it is, you know, not to speak the 50 at a time is, is reprehensible to me, you know, um, and not be outraged by this, you know, because my, 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 my chest hasn't, hasn't uh, softened since I heard it, you know, and I got it very, very early. And, and it's from the 20, like, like you said, Pastor, from the 20, I wasn't even able to sleep. And then after the body count kept coming, you know, and I was trying to reach out to friends that I have down there. It, it became quite, I was ill. I was physically ill thinking about it. And it just does not and will not make any sense to me. Will not. And the hypocrisy in the church never makes sense to me, you know. And I say that all the time, you know. So much so that it has even gotten me not to attend because I believe that you can have church right here in your house. <laughs> you know, um, and, and I'm absolutely a child of God and, and I believe you can worship anywhere. But at the end of the day, you know, I've subscribed to some churches and and assisted in some churches that did not recognize me, you know. So that's part of it. And I think that, you know, unfortunately, you know, Bishop and I, in doing this work, while we might not be able to go into the depths of some of the psychological trauma going on with him, we have – sat with, I'm sure this is true for you, Bishop, as well, we have sat with people and the layers and the levels of self-hatred and church yeah. hurt and religious, yeah. you know, dogma that have allowed people to, you know, quite frankly, you know, it, it, it plays a role in the, 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 the exacerbation of the HIV numbers in communities of color. It plays right. a role in, in uh, drug usage. It plays a role in, like you said, in church hurt and, and people, you know, feeling separated from God. And, you know, I, I, while I appreciate, you know, that there are people who have found ways to walk in their spirituality, you know, I, 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 everybody's spirituality is 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 an individual, you know, nine to five, you know, twenty four seven relationship with the universe. We, you know, we we hear about the religious sanctuary part. You know what I mean? And the the, the idea that there can be spaces to come together in in, in corporate worship and fellowship and and, yeah. and just kind of, you know, sometimes when 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 you're going through to have a literal leaning post. And it's just a shame to think that 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 that. God has been so bastardized that people have been broken and outside of this great love that is so, you know, that is so awesome that it knows every hair in your head and wants everything for you. And people have flipped that to make people think, yeah, God don't like you. God don't like you. You, you know, like how, you know, I think the greatest, the greatest travesty on earth is that somehow, Somebody got to, you know, the, the trick of the enemy is to make somebody think that something can separate them from the love of God. That's the ugliest thing that 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 has ever been perpetrated on the planet. And it's so, it, it's the stuff that makes the Bible stuff make sense to me. When Jesus says, "Woe unto you, you vile hypocrites! Depart from me, I don't know you." And it's like, "Hey, I'm a bishop. What you mean you don't know me? If you ain't do this, the least of these, I don't know you." 
the least of and these. Yeah. You're absolutely correct because I guess my heart just melt when I had um, an initial member who came from the Church of God in Christ, and the lady just continued to say, "I know I'm going to hell. I just I, I've accepted it." And I'm like, "What?" And and yeah. it took me the longest to move her from that point. She was like, "No matter what I do in life, I'm going to hell. So you know, I might as well just." you know, do certain things because I, I'm on the way to hell anyway. And, and so, you know, as I began to get those Pentecostal people, you know, I said some of these people are really going to have to repent, and hopefully they'll repent uh, soon because these people's blood will be on their hands, um, you know, because so many of uh, the people just had heard that for so many years that seed had been so deeply rooted and planted in their spirits until it takes so long to get that out of the uh, people who are in our community. And so, you know, Pastor, I know you see it just like I do. Uh, our community is a very wounded community, uh, and so it takes a while to transition them when they come out of those mainline churches that have uh, promoted all of that hate rhetoric, all of that discrimination, all of that you going to hell and that God doesn't love you. And even I have some people who even have gone through this supposedly deliverance from that whatever demon or whatever spirit they were told was in them because they were same gender loving. And I said, you know, some of this stuff is just ridiculous. And that's what makes me angry to know that some of my colleagues, people that I know personally are up there promoting this kind of craziness to God's people. It just really makes me angry. So once again, like I said, a lie is what I believe has, uh, is behind the shooter and the lives that were taken in Orlando. Right. Yeah. 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 Hmm. So I'm and wondering I, if, if there are churches, I haven't heard anything about people from the clergy going to the hospital, visiting those survivors who are still hospitalized. Oh, please. Please. <laughs> Only people that will be visiting them are clergy probably from MCC. I don't even know if the UCC folks will go over there. Probably UCC. Oh, no, they will. Um, they will. I mean, but the Bishop, let's be very clear. T.D. Okay. Jakes might show up for this. Let's be clear. Oh, okay, yes. Yeah, it's camera. a big, it's Uh-oh. a big, uh, it's Media. a big, you know, Monday morning, every, you know, my, my new show, CBS This Morning, was there from, you know, uh, down the street or on the street of the Pulse. They will be there. That's where some of this, like you said, some of this rhetoric is so, you know, I, 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 my Wisdom Wednesday yesterday was about these pimps in the pulpit because they will pimp this opportunity. Yeah, they will, yes, they will get will. in front of it and speak so loudly that they would, you would think that every church in, a, in America was affirming. <laughs> you know, God bless them. We're going to pray for them. You don't get to pray for something, you know, and I just had to say loudly, no, 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 keep your hand off God's children because you don't get to pray for the person who is now wounded because you prayed woundedness upon them. You don't get to do that. Yeah. You don't get to do that. Yeah, you PR, you, you have P. R E Y on us too long to now come over here P R A Y and don't do that. Don't do that. Oh, I love it. See, you see, you see. I, I thank you all. You know, I'm I'm telling you. You know, I I have been at the verge of tears, and and I've cried. And when I'm not crying, I've been at the verge of tears. This um, massacre occurred. Um, but. I knew that I needed a certain kind of healing, and I knew I picked the right people 
to bring it oh. to start the healing. So, you know, thank you. Now, somebody's on the line. We're going to take a call. 7928 are the last four digits of your number. What's your name and where you calling from? Uh, this is D. Meredith. Hey, how you doing, darling? All right, well, D. Meredith. How are you? Uh, hello, Sarah. <laughs> hey, hello, Elder Kevin. And is that Bishop Allison Abrams? Yes, ma'am. How are you? I'm blessed. How are you? I am wonderful. Wonderful. Well, you know, you guys are speaking exactly where I've been spending some time here in the Bible Belt of the Deep South uh, and speaking to, you know, my friends I grew up with, you know, and, you know, just really making sure that they understand that while you may not necessarily agree with my lifestyle, I want you to understand this is not a lifestyle, this is not a behavior and because they've been taught that being LGBT is a behavior we're choosing to do, I said the only thing I've chosen to do is not be ashamed of who I am because you have defined me so. So I just basically have been helping them to understand, you, like you just said, you can't prey on a person, P-R-E. You a loser? Hello, I think I'm on. Oh. Can you hear me? Yeah, I'm wow. here. Can you hear me? Now. Okay, yeah, yeah, there you are. Yeah, so so the key thing is is that, you know, a lot of people in this church, you know, dwelling out, you know, I said, you guys have preyed on this whole thing of us being the biggest sinners in the world, and you still haven't been able to prove to me yet where in the Bible does it say that this is the biggest sin in the world and that you get to dehumanize me and devalue me and, you know, you condone the actions of what this man put into action. You think in your heart that I'm a disgusting abomination? He put into action what you manifested. Exactly. He, mm. he manifested. So how does it feel to see how you feel in action? That's what it mm. looks like. Mm. Wow. Wow. Yeah. And these two freedom fighters were... Uh, you know, interviewed uh, today from the the uh, Land Legal, and so they were talking about LGBT people are the most targeted, two times as much as African Americans, four times as much as women, and fourteen times as much as Latinos. If LGBT is like the most targeted hate uh, group that uh, has hate crimes, you know, committed against them. And people still say in our African-American community, don't compare to the civil rights movement. I'm like, okay, so what you need to see me hanging from a poplar tree before you get it? But, and, it's, and it's funny that, that you know, the African-American community, we can have this conversation because it's all us, you know, wants to say don't do that. As, as I say, you can have that conversation with the white, gay, and lesbian community. You can't have that conversation with me because I am, in fact, in the house, and I know what it feels like to have gone to African-American, you know, organizations like the NAACP with state yeah. equality and say, you need to sit second seat in this conversation because as soon as civil rights comes out of your white mouth, you're going to lose them. They have to listen to me because mm-hmm. I'm their son. Right. Uh-huh. Yeah. Fifteen. Mm-hmm. I helped. Steve, I marched with Stevie Wonder at 15 years old to, to for Dr. King's birthday because I'm a son of D.C. So I've been in politics since I, you know, since I've been working. I worked on Mayor Barry's uh, first mayoral campaign before I could vote. So it's like my track record as a black man is solid. So now exactly. let's talk. 
And, exactly. And, and, mm. and I also bring, to bring forward the point that I'm like, one of the most poignant people of the civil rights movement was a gay African-American who kind of got pushed to the back then, Yard Rustin. Oh, he ain't kind of. Let's stop exactly. being nice to black people. What kind of? Yeah, <laughs> he, he was. He was. Right. You know, but, you know poignant. I, I mean, yeah. I, I just, I just want to say, I just want to say this too, that there's, there's, there's also racism within the LGBT community. Oh, speak it. <laughs> so there's a whole nother level. So when you, you know, it's oh, just. Oh man, we gonna have that conversation tonight too. No, Lord. no. You know what? Hey, no, I'm just saying. Look, no, 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 because I want to talk about my part of my part of my level of pissed offness is all like you said. It was Latin night at Pulse, right? But every right. time they go around with the people who cry, and I was like, who are all these white people? And I, why are they the only ones shown in tears? Yeah, and this is really, really big now. The whites are crying, you know. Well, you know, and so the anguish of the parents now. and the friends of color wasn't sufficient. Right. Well, you know. Uh, did you guys know that the Stonewall Inn just had the, uh, you know, their yes. vigil? And yeah. uh, there were some Islamic people who, from the gay community who went out there, and a lot of the white, you know, HRC people who are kind of like, you know, the upper echelon of the gays, they were out there showing their support. You know, it's going to be used in a way by white LGBT people as a means to uh, continue to um, fight for human rights while they shut people of color out. Uh, I would, exactly. I'm going to forward you guys a piece on this, this person who's uh, Islamic who felt like, oh, my God, I'm not going to be able to mourn the lives of these people because I'm not going to be allowed by the white LGBT people. And exactly what he knew he was going to go into is exactly what happened to him and other Islamic people or people that looked, quote, unquote, as if they would be Islamic or oh. Middle Eastern. And what's so sad? Excuse me, sisters. I don't want to. I don't want to use my, my my male privilege to keep stepping in. So shut me up when I need to. But what I wanted to say is because I'm looking at a uh, one of the entertainment shows on mute, and I saw that you know uh, Lady Gaga and Nick Jonas got to stand up in two of the different cities at the vigils, and you know, and and, and in some of those big events, it looks like all of these white folk came together, and it just really feels sad to me after we saw such a magnanimously diversified. Homegoing service for for uh, for Muhammad Ali. It's like it felt like we were right on the bridge of this is what we could look like if we got out of our own way. Every faith, every color got up and spoke about uh, about uh, about Muhammad, Muhammad Ali. And then yes. this happens, and it's like you know the white gays are like, excuse us, excuse us, we need to get to the mic. You know, on with these people ah. from Latin night got killed. Now all of a sudden, HRC <laughs> is flooding. Orlando, and they want, you know, join us as we fight to fight. No, baby, you weren't fighting this particular fight. Wow. You're you're absolutely correct because the white privilege uh, is very clear, even in all of the vigils. And so we know that in the gay community, there's white privilege. And it's unfortunate, but it's true. And even on the vigil from last evening uh, that we had in D.C. at DuPont Circle, those of you who are familiar with DuPont, uh, yeah. As I looked to see who were the speakers, there were only two black speakers, and it must have been at least uh, 18 white folks there speaking. No, maybe three, maybe three black speakers, but there must have been about 18 white speakers there. And so I looked. Now, yes, people from different faith backgrounds, 
But still, to me, when I looked at it, white privilege was still very present and accounted for. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's that's a very big that's a very big issue for me personally in the LGBT community. You know, is is the white privilege that you know is, is there nowhere we can go where we can you know whatever but whatever you know when I I think about this this man with these guns. And although he said one thing about black lives, his, he, he, he did, what he did spoke louder than any words that he might have uttered in right. or any right. other language. Because, I mean, because right. if, if, he, if he wants to be conscious and cognizant enough to say, oh, black folk, you suffered enough, it's like, uh, Why did he let him go? Of, well, no, let him you're in a room exactly. full of Latin folk who are being called rapists and, 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 that's a, and, and being you know, and, and somebody saying they should be deported. He should, if that was his mentality, he should have almost said, "Oops, my bad. I picked the wrong night." That you know, right. he was hate. Hate showed up, and hate lost his mind, and he sprayed right. on everything he saw. So right. you know, that, you know, just from this seat, I say, God rest his soul. But I don't want to talk about him anymore. You know, because I think this this conversation is a real galvanizing moment for us to see that we are so beautifully and uniquely both same gender loving, and people of color. And we need to stand audaciously, authoritatively, and authentically in that space because because it is unique unto itself. Right. And I believe believe people need to um, understand the difference between agreeing with and support. You can support someone and not agree. You know, um, I yeah. think we do it all the time. We call that grace in our in our households. We may mm-hmm. be able to stand with household members that don't particularly uh, subscribe to the same thinking and be supportive of whatever they want to do without having to agree or commit to what it is that they're actually doing. You know, um, a greatest example of that is if a child goes off to study somewhere and you had other plans and they chose a different route, you can still show up at their graduation despite them not being this this doctor or whatever you wanted them to be. That's just a, a layman's example, but, you know. Right. No, no, it's good, though. It's good. Sometimes mm-hmm. when people think that, you know, I, I, to be supportive, you have to agree with what it is. And no, you don't. You know, you don't have to agree with who I am, but you have to respect me. That is an absolute. You have to be supportive. That is an absolute. You do not, you do not get to speak against any of my friends or any of, anybody in my company. That is an absolute. But that doesn't mean that you will understand. And if you're open, I can teach you. I can walk you through. You know, I just think it's just a universal understanding that people need to get. Some people think that to be supportive, you have to agree, and, and, and you know, that, that's where the conflict is, and they, don't, they can't separate themselves from the, the, the matter, if you will. Right. You know? But so I, I want to tag – I want to tag that when you get through, Therese. Go ahead. No, I'm, no, please, please jump in. I, I just want to say you were leading to a thought that I had, which is we have to stop demonizing our differences because sometimes, yes, you may not understand, and you may not even say this is for me, this is not the way I love, but that doesn't mean that you have to demonize me or my friends or my person that I am involved with. And so, you know, supporting Yes, does not mean that you're in agreement with me. However, don't demonize me. And so that's the message that we have to send out to people today. Right. right. And, and if I could if I could flip into the ring as well in this, I think that 
the loosening for us as 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 LGBTQ people of color, LGBTPOC. <laughs> I think the loosening <laughs> for us has been in this language because for so long people were throwing out abomination. It was so biblical. It was abomination. It was what yeah. God don't like and all of a sudden. And you know, and there was too much scriptural context to be able to interpret that differently for them to say, okay, well, I just don't agree with it. And now that's the, that's the church language. Now I don't agree. I don't agree with your lifestyle. And for me, you know, in the conversation, the colloquial conversation, that has become a lightning rod for new conversation because I was like, wait a minute. So all this is really about you not agreeing with me. Mm -hmm. I don't care about you agreeing with me. I don't agree with your wardrobe choice today. I don't agree with that lace run. I don't agree with you in that crazy wig. Oh, and we're talking about agreement. Oh, I don't care what you agree with. I don't agree with the pastor having a child out of wedlock and still being in the book. Oh, okay. Oh, so right. oh, so we talk about what we agree with because I have an opinion on things I agree with and disagree with as well. That's an opinion. But what I will do is love you because I'm commissioned and commanded to love you. Right, right. And that's a hate nothing. Love to sin. I hate to sin. It ain't yeah. no way. As Deidre said so eloquently, you know, it's it's funny. Like you, you talk about behavior and and lifestyle. That's not what this is. This is who I am. Exactly. So you can't right. disagree. It's not for you to agree or disagree with who I am. You know, but they would. People want to reduce it to a behavior, something that you can exactly. control. It's not that, you know. And regardless of what you may want to think. You know, because I know there's some people that, that right now are listening to this conversation and say, well, you know, I just, I just don't, I don't think so. It's really not about what you think, and it's not exactly. how you define me. It's how I define myself, and that is it. It's real simple, yep. you know. And sometimes I think they, people make it hard. It's they, they, so, they spend so much energy thinking about what we do, they forget about who we be. Gay is who we be. LGBT is about a being. It's not a doing. I know people who, who are celibate, people who have been married for 30 years, people who have kids, people who take care of their parents. Outside of it, da, 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 da. All of this is about can't be confined to what's going on in a bedroom or what you think is because of something you thought about for some weird reason in some sort of weird way, because these people in some of their pictures, I don't know where they got them from, what weird, <laughs> weird manual they pass out at these, <laughs> these Baptist meetings. This is to you both, Pastor and Bishop. This is, this is to you both. First of all, I, you know, and I often have this conversation with my wife, because, you know, it is always, what is the presumption that goes straight from your not your understanding of who I am to what I do in my bedroom? First of all, I've never even invited you there. Hello. And it says a, it says a lot. <laughs> and for all sorts of purposes, you know, in my walk, in my experience, I've met gay clergy. Okay, I've met yep. gay people that are celibate. You know what I mean? It doesn't change who you are. You you know. So it's interesting when people say, "Oh, well, you know, you they usually go right into my bed," and it's more more folks under the religious cloak mm-hmm. that goes straight to my bedroom uninvited. They beat me there. And I'm like, no one ever told you I did not display even in on TV you saw nothing about what I do in the bedroom. You only saw who and how I choose to love. But you did and not, is, not discuss anything. That is that sexual repression conversation <laughs> that, that that doesn't happen in the black community, you know? That exactly. so they go right to that visual I'm uh, you uh, Therese, the second you said that I'm going to tell you what I thought of. The second you said that, I thought of Olivia Cole's brilliant performance, 
and the women of Brewster Place. When she was looking in the window on uh, Lynette McKee and Paula Kelly, she said, I saw you. I saw you one said to the other and passed me a cool towel. She's staring in the house, in the back. She's following through every window because she had no life and no love of her own. Okay. Woo. Well, yeah, that's amazing. But look, 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 this is what I, I feel on that. If I could just respond, Javon. Um, uh-huh. It's amazing how people, yes, do jump to that initially. And I've had to tell some family members, you know, first of all, I didn't agree with that boyfriend that you selected, but you're See? still sleeping with him. And I didn't agree with when you marry that clown. And I knew he was a hoe and he's doing all these different <laughs> things with all these other women and he brought back diseases to you. But, you know, I didn't ask you what you was doing in your bedroom. And so sometimes you have to go there with people because if they go there with you, sometimes you just got to go there with them. And then, believe me, once you go there with them, that shuts them down. And yep. you have to make it very clear. When we're talking or when we're, you know, in conversation or meeting, it is not about what I did at home or what's in my bedroom at home. It's about what this is right here in front of us. So you have to kind of bring them back around or jolt them into the right place sometimes. Authority, yep. I thought yep. standing your authority. Ooh. Let's let's, yes. let's take another call here. Seven zero three eight are the last four digits of your number. What's your name and where are you calling from? Hi, my name is Nikisha. I'm calling from Orlando, actually. Oh God bless wow. you. Wow. And I actually just got back tonight from the vigil for uh, Eddie, who is in Apopka, and his mom, who had met with the president, his grandma was there. Um, Eddie Justice, he's one of the young men that died, and we held the vigil tonight for him, and I just actually returned from that vigil, which ended about a couple hours ago, and I'm not going to be on long. I just wanted to say one of the things that has really been breaking my heart, literally, um, through the last few days being here on the ground in Orlando is how this is dividing the black community. Mm-hmm. Um, this was my third prayer vigil that I've attended this week. I've been many vigils. Whenever there's another vigil in the white community, theirs are packed, standing room only. This is the third one that I've been in, in the black community, half full, mm-hmm. sparse attending. And I'm confident that's because the message that keeps going out is, Unfortunately, the black gay activists, a lot of black gay activists have declared war on the church, while the white gay activists right now are really embracing the church. They're playing kumbaya. They're filling it up, and they're filling their pockets also while they do it. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the day, our black community is going to be more divided because we keep saying that if someone doesn't believe that, you know, in the same thing that they hate, and we keep spreading that message in the black community where even the first vigil that I went to, I did not see one member of the gay rights community that was black. It was the white gay rights community that came. And even tonight, when I was at the vigil tonight for Eddie Justice, it was the white gay rights people that were passing out candles. So they're playing kumbaya with us while the black um, the black gay community is saying we don't want anything to do with anything that has to do with the church. 
and it's wow. inviting. Because I just want to say one of the things that I will correct, just so it's out there, is I heard somebody make the statement, have pastors gone? Apostle V.W. Jones, Bishop Kelvin Pavaris, um, Bishop Hardiman, I can name at least four myself we, that have gone down, not only to ground zero, these men have been in the hospital, have been in the, the Hampton Inn, because that's where the family was meeting before they opened up the Family Assistance Center. They have been in there day and night ministering, not caring about who's gay, because right now it's not about your sexuality. It really is just about people need support, they need love, they need prayer. But the, what, what's really taking place is exactly what you're saying. People are forgetting that among the 49 victims, not all of them were Latin. Right. There were black victims, but the black church and the black gay community is getting torn apart at the seams here in Orlando, and it's literally wow. breaking my heart. And I don't know what we need to – I don't know how we are going to start coming together and saying, you know what, just because you don't believe – you know, even if you just said, Bishop, I don't care what's happening in your bedroom. You don't need to care about what's happening in my bedroom. You can believe what you can believe. I can believe what I can believe, but it's not hate. We can believe different things and not have it be called hate because the message that's going out there is, is that if somebody says, you know, if a black person, and it's only, and I'm telling you all because I'm here on the ground floor, it's only when it comes out of a black minister's mouth because there was a big assembly, a big meeting, a big, huge prayer vigil two days ago, and one of the pastors just contacted me that, hey, his pastor was very mad because it seemed like somebody made a statement that said they agreed with the homosexuals getting married. So behind closed doors, they, are, they believe the exact same thing we believe. It's just that when it comes out of a black preacher's mouth for some reason, it is being blown up into a hate message, and that's what's going out there, and our community is just being divided. We really have to do something to bring the black community together during this time also because we're just being divided, and it's literally breaking my heart for three days. I've come home now and cried, just came back from Eddie Justices, and I was getting some people, and I talked to a couple of people. I was like, this is like getting ridiculous. Our community is not coming together, and theirs is. And we're going to be left torn apart. After all of the Black Lives Matter, we're going to be left torn apart because of this issue at the end. But I just wanted to share that from somebody who's here in Orlando who's watching what's going on. Thank you. Thank, Thank you, you so much. Thank you so much. Nicole, very, very, very powerful. Very, very powerful. And you know, you've you've said some. I think I think you're exactly the person who was supposed to call in. And yeah. I don't know. Are yeah. you a part of the clergy? Are you a member of the clergy? I'm an independent minister because I'm. I, you know, I'm probably what a lot of people don't see, which is that I I minister independently because I believe that there that there is a middle ground that we don't have to all believe the same thing, but we can love. And so I don't care about whether you have fully accepted my doctrine or not fully accepted my doctrine. Do you love God? Do you know God? We can work everything else out. And so I, I, attend, a, I attend a very large church here. My pastor supports my ministry, and I minister on both sides of the community And um, you know, because I just believe that we, there's a middle ground. And so I am part of the ministry team here um, that's been ministering here in Orlando. Can well, you speak I to the climate of what kind of social services are being offered for the community and particularly for the victims uh, down there? There are so many 
services being offered right now for the victim, um, for the victim's families, and um, even psychological, emotional. Um, the, the the clergy even has provided a lot of religious services. And even now at this point, so many of the things that they need have just been, a lot of the businesses have come together. That's one thing that is true. It is very true. A lot of the businesses have come together, even a lot of the funerals. There's really not many expenses because so many people have just come together. A lot of the businesses have said, hey, we, you know, we'll take care of this, we'll take care of that. And so they're getting a lot of services um, provided to them right now. And so a lot of the families, you know, what we're, a lot of us, I think what we're really concerned about right now is making sure that, you know, the next couple of weeks when, the, when everything dies down, that these families continue to get the support that they need, that people don't just forget and go back to their lives. Right, right, right. Right, right, exactly, exactly. Exactly. Wow. Thank you so much for calling in. You're welcome. Thank you so much, and and God bless you, and and thank you. And a shout-out to the pastors that you mentioned that are doing the work and that are on the front line. Um, I'm, I'm extremely happy to hear that. And it's, you know, unfortunately, you know, sometimes the worlds that connect us uh, and I'll say via social media or via the mainstream media, don't speak about enough about the things that are going down that we need. They select what we choose to, you know, what they choose to perpetuate, unfortunately. And it's like shows like this where we can talk uh, to the common person on the ground. You know, and by common, I don't mean common at all in your purpose. I just mean, you know, the frontline people that are there that may not have the, the notoriety that would get the attention that can tell us exactly what's happening. I'm, I'm here in New York, so just let you know. So it, it's good for me to hear this, you know, and having friends and family and being connected to the people of Pulse. So thank you so much. This is Therese. Right. I'm sorry. And I also think that your, your call shakes up this conversation and reminds us to, to keep looking because social media has been imperative in this great divide because, as you said, looking, and even we've talked about this, you look at the visuals of the what we're seeing on television it's like these brown and black people got killed and these you know these other people came in and just kind of are trying to help and you don't see so it looks like a division on the other side but you know one of the greatest statements that i've read in this was from yolanda adams you know who was like listen this is not no 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 no, no. We, we were never this is this is not about this is not about anything but love we as christians are not commissioned to kill anybody and i don't know you know this has got to be rebuked and da 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 da, da and we must love one another and period and she said if I, you know and if that makes me a defender of people then defend people i will and god bless the rest of y'all so there have been voices in this that don't get the same spotlight, as you said, as people who are rushing for spotlight. But you're right. There's somewhere in here, and this is what I was talking about earlier, about us walking in our authority. You've got a bishop and an elder on the phone. You've got, you know, a reality television star and a producer on, the, on this call. We've got our community right here, and we've got to be willing to do the work to push the things that we want to see we, that our community needs to see as opposed to, sometimes using our energies to combat the stuff. Because, you know, as a pastor, I have seen the most appalling things, you know, in this conversation. You know, they'll make you feel like, oh, black preachers are preaching this, you know, womp de womp on Sunday, you know, about abomination. I saw two sermons from white preachers about, you know, about aren't you glad the 50, why are, why are you sad 50 pedophiles are dead? Exactly. And I was like, what on earth? How could you sit with God on a Sunday morning to write a sermon and say that's what God gave you? 
But no, you know what I mean? It's it like, you know, it's like, oh, black folk are more homophobic. No, 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 don't do that. Don't do that. Mm-hmm. And so we've got to be willing to have the uncomfortable conversations about agreement and disagreement with our own family so that we can have the conversation and then lock arms again. You're right. We got to go. It goes all the way back for us standing on the shoulders of Bayek Rustin and saying, not this time, not this time. You're not going to have me organize the march and then push me to the background. I will bring all of my gifts and all of my talents to the storehouse and use them if God allows. Right. And I want to I want to thank you also. Uh, even though I was very saddened, this is Bishop Abrams, very saddened to hear um, what's happening with the African American community because I've always pastored an African American community and refused to leave the African American community uh, and know many um, you know preachers across the country and pastors and bishops and overseers but it really saddens me to know that this is yet something else that is dividing us even more and to hear from somebody who was there I know that you know what you're talking about and so um, I have something to pray about uh, something else to pray about um, because you know uh, we need to stand together as a people especially as African-American people all the things we've been through um, we this is not a time to be divided, and so thank you so much for letting us know that, and uh, thank you for letting us know. Hey, there are some pastors who are there doing what God would have them to do, and showing the love of Christ to those people during this time. I'm so glad to know that, and um, we definitely can spread that word. So thank you so much for calling in. Amen. Yeah, if, if, this is uh, Javon here, and it was very important that you called in and let us know that. Because that's not, those details that you gave us is not what we're seeing on social media, and it's not what the news is showing. So, you know, the way we historically have gotten our news, our real news, the truth, is from word of mouth. And so you've just given us another perspective, another, not, well, another way, another another window to see what's going on because when I don't think any of us are there in Orlando now. So I want to thank you so much for that. And I also want, want you to stay encouraged in terms of how the community is going to not remain torn apart. You know, it's a thing with the black community. It's a, it's, it's a thing. It, it the community falls apart, but it never strays too far. We're always brothers and sisters. It only takes one to start the the communication. And when you leave, people will follow. So it could be you who is going to bring the community together, you know, if if that's your intention. You know, you could start. You could be that seed, that 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 first step forward. And um, Javon, if I, Jay Strong, if I could be so bold, you know, God bless you for stay encouraged. But Minister, if I could ask you to stay in touch, you know, because if you can get to Javon, Javon can get to us. I sure would like to pack a bus and say, "All right, Bishop, I guess we got to go to Orlando." You know, this right, is how exactly. Dr. King got from you know from all the way down in Atlanta all the way up to Harvard. He didn't get a jet charter. They put him in a car, and he stopped along the way and stayed at people's houses. We are going to build right. this movement that same way. Like, we got to get on the bus, and here we come. And that's exactly all you got to do is come down from Jersey. 
and then come through Maryland and exactly. keep going. There you go. And that that's hey. exactly that's exactly where I was going with this. You know, that um you you can be that that one that um brings us all together, not just in Orlando, yep. but throughout the country. It, it starts with one and you started it. So I want you to just stay on the line, you know, throughout the rest of the show. No and um, when we hit to when we get to the end, I'm gonna talk to you behind the scenes, okay? Okay, no problem. Groovy, groovy. Um, so so just keep holding and keep listening to the show. I appreciate that you called in so much. Thank you. And so there's um one more person who's been holding, and you know, I, I guess this this well actually two people. Oh, uh oh, I'm in trouble. I'm in trouble. <laughs> I'm in a lot of trouble. Yep. My grandmother had been holding off for the long Uh-oh. time. Oh, oh, mother, I'm sorry. That's what I'm sorry. I had to do with a bud. <laughs> no, yeah. that was we didn't. That's we didn't know. Guzman, okay, that's that's Mrs. Guzman there. That's my. My grandmother is Mrs. Guzman. My mother is Mrs. Armstrong. But um, oh, your grandmother, Jay Strong. How yeah. is your grand? Oh, uh-uh, yeah. She uh-uh. has hung up the phone. Mm-mm. I think she got tired of waiting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You better send a text. You better send her a text. <laughs> I think I, I'm gonna have to send her Therese. That's what I'm gonna have to do. So Therese is talking. <laughs> Therese, are you are you there? Yes, I'm here. Okay, because I, I, I couldn't hear you for a second there. Okay, so yeah. so we have Loretta from Connecticut on the line. Hey, Loretta. Hello. How are you, hon? I'm doing okay. Um, I'm sitting in high to everybody else. Uh, good to hear your voices. Same here. Good to hear your voices. Uh, blessings to each and every one of you. Um, you know, this week has really been a, uh, a trying week for me personally, a uh, tough week. Personally, but um, I know with God's grace, I will get through it. Um, I found out about the Orlando uh, tragedy somewhere about 3 o'clock that morning. My phone started going off, and, you know, it was kind of sketchy because I was asleep, and, you know, then I got up, and we had children's day at church, so we had a lot going on. And during church, you know, more stuff kept coming in, and, you know, the the count went from 20 people to 40 people, and then it kept going. And it wasn't until after um, service was over that somebody said, "Oh, oh, you know, it was a gate club," and you know, they people people was at a gate club, and that's what happened. I just said, "Okay, but does it really matter what kind of club? Just know that you know, 49 people were just massacred, and you know, families are now without." children and you know people are without boyfriends girlfriends just it is what it is I mean it's tragic no matter how we look at it and all lives matter and until we all realize that you know and there's some people out there that just you know get hung up on their causes and feel as though I guess they're not being heard and you know want to uh, want to go out there and kind of make a scene, so to speak, and they feel that's the only way that their voice can be heard. And, you know, it's just really, it's really scary um, out there. 
But I do appreciate uh, you all um, sitting here, you know, you're bringing me to laughter, you're bringing me to tears, but I think this conversation is definitely needed. Um, I'm hoping that you guys will do this again uh, in the near future. And uh, that's pretty much all I have to say. Uh, um, I'm actually, uh, yeah, I think I'm going to just let it go uh, from there. Thank you, Loretta. We appreciate you. Loretta. Always good hearing from you, Loretta. Thank you. Always, always good hearing from you, sweetheart. And thank you so much for calling in. All right. Um, Let's take one more call. 9688 are the last four digits of your number. What's your name and where you calling from? Hello. Hello. What's your name and where you calling from? My name is Monifa, and I'm calling from my home in <laughs> Monifa, you calling from the she, – she always – I don't know. All right. I don't know why she always, like, shops me. <laughs> Monifa, who am I speaking with? I'm sorry, I'm this just getting Bishop. on. Hey, Bishop. Bishop. Hey, Monifa. Hey, how are you? Hi. <laughs> who else is that? Who is that? Who's it's that Pastor Kevin. Deep voice. Hi. It's Pastor Kevin. Hey, gorgeous. Hi. How are you? Yeah, and Therese is on, too. And um, for those I'm of you who don't talk. know, Monifa <laughs> is Therese's wife. And, um, yeah. And no. she's also an R and B singer and um All right, if they don't know by now she's an R and B diva. She's an actress a queen diva. Advocate. She's <laughs> she's a whole lot of great things. She's oh, a wonderful human a being. And um welcome to the show, Mom. Thank you. See, that, that's why that's why I was thrown off. I wanted to give you props. That's so funny because I love them like the best ever. Um, <laughs> they are. It's like it's, they have such layers and, and dynamics, and I love it. Um, I just uh, I just called in to to give my support and to. Um, I really wish I would have been able to listen in, but duty called, you know, um, for me. I just. I I find myself very uh, almost numb uh, to a lot these days, but that jarred me in a in a way um, that I hadn't been jarred in a while, and um, you know I really tried not to lose that uh what do you call it? Try not to get jaded. It's really really hard. Super hard. I think I need to, you know, I think I can speak for a lot of people when I say, but I will keep it on me, is that sometimes it's really, really hard to um, to care and to be awake. It really is. This, um, I, I, the bottom line for me is, is with this, this tragedy and this massacre, 
because that's what it is to me. That's how I define it. It, it, it was a massacre, and yeah. um, I and and quite frankly, I don't care why it happened, mm. but it happened. The fact that it happened is insane. And the fact that it happened is for it's it's because of multi a multitude of reasons. It happened because we are a society that is not allowing people to be humans, and that is to have different experiences, to uh to to to. To, to experience life in different ways and be a part of in different ways and not be excluded. And and that goes for every single walk of life, anything you can imagine. That is what that is about. That is This is an example of what that is, of us being judgmental, us uh, not being able or feeling comfortable enough to walk in our truth. This is what happens right here. Because there's so many. If, I, I don't care what angle we go from, from the the uh, the person, the perpet, the the person that whose hand all these people lost their lives to. Um, I don't care what perspective, what his reason was. It is all based in that. It is all based in us not allowing each other to be who we are and love, 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 and a, and a, and 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 embrace difference. And, and and not being fearful of some someone or something that is different or unique. Yeah. So you know, um, I think a lot of people are getting caught up in the who's, why's, and how's. The fact is that this is this shouldn't be happening. Yeah. And and we could go any angle and say. That is exactly why. We could take it from an L, from a, from a, an LB, LGBTQ perspective. We can go race. We can go religion, and it's still the same thing. It's still going to lead us to the same place. We're not loving each other. Absolutely, absolutely. We're not loving each other, and we're condemning one another for being, you know, unique. Instead of instead of being instead of embracing one another for being human, right? Exactly. Yeah. So, Monifa, what you just said um, actually embodies something that Cheryl had posted on her Facebook page, and um, I, I want to read it because she she's not um, on this call with us. Yes. But she she posted a picture of the victims of this massacre, and I agree with 100%. It was a massacre. Mm-hmm. And she said, these are the faces of those who lost their lives. They were not Hispanic, nor black, nor white, nor gay, nor straight, nor rich, nor poor, nor young, I nor old. It. They were and yes. are simply souls wrapped in a human package. Yes. And these yes. souls have now shed their outer package. And I believe continue to live on, continue to love on, unencumbered by the limitations nor implications of the outer package 
their background, their economic status, their culture, their experience, their environment, their religion, other people's opinions or judgments. The reminder here for those of us left behind, at least for me, is that we are all souls beneath our outer package and extenuating circumstances. We are all just different representations of the same consciousness. We are all here in this earth school to grow and learn to love better and more completely. That's it, and that's all. The rest is just window dressing. Our humanness, our ego or personality sometimes gets it twisted. Fear and ignorance gets in the way, which can lead to internal and external hatred and subsequent tragedies like the one we are grappling with now. So our constant work, our growth, is to practice aligning our ego with our soul, which always understands and always remembers who and what it is and its purpose, love, no matter the shape nor form. So let us stay awake and aware and continue consciously practicing that, remembering who we really are in honor of those whom we've lost, in honor of those who of us who are still here. Love is love yes. is love is love. And Hallelujah. Um, yeah. For real. Yeah. Seriously. Yeah. That is that's exactly she just that is it. That's that is it and that is all. Yeah. <laughs> and with that we're completely out of time, y'all. Well, amen. Wow. Well, that's great. Great. Yeah, great. Yeah. Well, that was great, wasn't it? What you just said so, was great. Yes, I want to it's thank you all it's for calling in. Um, and like the young lady said, we should do it again. Let's. You got me already yeah. committed. Yeah. You know, and, and I like the idea of us figuring out a way to get down to Orlando and show these people some support, you know, the survivors. I, I like that. I don't, you know, know exactly how we're going to make it happen. But for those who, who are willing, I'm going to talk to this young lady behind the scenes and see how we can make it do what it do. And, um... And see how we can show up before we show up. You know what I mean? What what immediate things they have need of on the ground, so we can see how we might be able to show up before we show up. You know? Exactly. And exactly. Just be a blessing. Yeah. Exactly. So God bless you all, and thank you for sharing this time with us tonight. Yes. Thank you, everybody who listened in, who called in. Thank you, Pastor. Thank you, Bishop. Thank you, Therese, and love you, Mo. And love you, Pastor. Let's end this with Jesus is love. Yeah. Yes, yes.
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.